Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Welcome back to Social Ed. This is episode 379. Woo! Woo! My name is Anita. <laughs> it's not Steph Taylor here, <laughs> but I am so excited to actually be taking the seat to be interviewing Steph on this very special episode because guess what? It is three years into Social Ed. I know. Isn't that <gasps> wild? That is wild. And I'm a little bit nervous because for those of you playing at home, I got to interview Anita for her, for her podcast, her 100th Guys, episode. Payback. And I asked her some pretty tough questions. And she's told me that she's got some curly questions for me as well. So I'm really excited. I totally do. And also nervous. And I have a glass of wine in my you hand so here. You should be nervous, <laughs> Steph Taylor. Um, Let's. I want to actually start off by painting the picture just in case anyone hasn't listened to that episode before, but actually share the story, but from my lens. Oh, yes. From my lens as to how we first got e-connected. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, Anita is like my business best friend and like has become one of my real life best friends. (laughs) So we've been friends for how long now? Like three years, did we say? Because I left corporate like... Yeah, three. Yeah. And I knew you before, just beforehand. This is where the story starts, right? Okay. Yes. So I'm painting the picture. So all of a sudden, so I started WordFetty, which is my business, probably around four years ago. Um, it was a side gig. So I was still in my corporate job and I was side gigging it and building it. So it's in copywriting. And I was probably around five months in. And then I started to get all these referrals from someone, and I've got a bit of a toggle, by the way, if you don't have this on your website, highly recommend so you can track where the traffic is coming from, but just where people are finding you, right? And a lot of people were saying, Steph Taylor, like, you know, from Wild Bloom, which is, you know, Steph's previous business name. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, who is this incredible human called Steph Taylor? I need to email her. And I actually found, and I sent it through to you, the yeah. first email that I sent through to you, which was, yeah, three and a half, four years ago now. And you actually were working at a co-working space that was only three blocks away from where my corporate job was. And it was so funny because in the email, you're like, want to come for a wine? (laughs) I was like, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Nothing's changed. (laughs) Nothing's changed. But I was like, I have a corporate job. Um, I'll come meet you for lunch. And you made me a coffee. And pretty much the rest is history. We just freaking clicked. We've had many a wines now. (laughs) We've elevated the relationship. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But I'm really excited about this payback episode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Happy happy third podcast birthday. Let me pay you back. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm going to jump straight to it with these questions. Are you guys ready? So... Tell me, Steph, who was Steph Taylor as a child? Oh, Jesus. Describe to me, like, who? We're going deep. We're starting with the really heavy stuff. (laughs) Tell me, like, what was she interested in? Like, who was she like? Like, I'm talking about maybe, like, I don't know, six, seven years old. Oh, she was precocious. She was very precocious, very independent. Nothing's changed. Probably quite quiet. Mm. I don't know if I was quiet back then or if I became quiet as I got older. Um, mm. And uh, how do you think that's changed into like the teen years? Like what were you interested in? Yes. What were you fascinated about? So a lot changed. So when I was eight, we moved from South Africa to New Zealand. So I went from having like a close group of friends who I'd grown literally grown up with to being the kid who spoke funny in a new school, knowing nobody. And I got, I got bullied 
as anyone with a strange accent in a new country probably has experienced, you kind of get picked on for being the outsider. And that made me really like withdraw and retreat a little bit and become a lot quieter, more introverted. And then that happened again when I changed schools as a teenager. And it's only really been in the last probably three years. I reckon the podcast played a big role in this that I've started to come back out of my shell. Yeah, right. Mm. That's interesting because actually one of the questions that I had, and I might actually bring it to the second question is, mm. you know, what ha- what do you feel like has been, and this might actually be a bigger question, but what has been the biggest difference between, I guess, year one social at Steph and year three? Like t- if you were to kind of talk me through year one, year two, and year three, how would you summarize that? When I first started Socialette, I felt like I was having to play by everyone else's rules. I felt like there was a right way to do it and I had to make my podcast perfect. The audio had to be perfect. I couldn't say um, I couldn't say like. I had to edit it so it was absolutely perfect. And I scripted my episodes I was really worried about what people would think about my episodes, whereas now I say um, I say like, I don't edit them. I have my dog scratching at the door in the background. I don't even edit that out. (laughs) So I think I'm just so much more chilled about it. And I've realized like this is my podcast. I get to make the rules rather than trying to make it fit into what I thought that the podcast had to be. And that's the same with my entire business. I look at it now and I'm like, hey, I get to make the rules for my business. There's no right or wrong way. I'm not playing somebody else's game. I'm playing my own game. Boom. And that's the thing, right? Because I think we, I think we'll use podcasting as an example. Mm. Like I completely resonate. I feel like, and I was the same too. Mm. First year into Ran Fetty, I scripted, like literally wrote out exact, and you can so tell. You can so tell. You can. You can so tell when I have literally read it and I've put on my best radio. (laughs) Um, But you can so tell and now exactly the same as you, like, I would much rather the arms and the just and the likes Mm. than not putting it out at all. And I guess when it comes to recording podcasts, me going back to what I was going to say is what would your tip be? Because I know one of your key products is, you know, the A to Z like podcast launch plan. Like one of the biggest blocks I feel are people are stuck in terms of, oh my gosh, all the tech, or I need to edit Mm. all of this. Like for those who are overthinking, for those who are like, I can't put that out there. It needs to go through all of these different systems. It needs to be edited for all the ums and ahs. Like what would you say to them? I would say there's so much magic in imperfection. I think back to when I was scripting my episodes, I wouldn't deviate from the script at all. Now when I do bullet points, so much of my brain waves happen while I'm just talking and I'll have ideas that I didn't think of when I was outlining the episode. And it's like, if I had been so worried about scripting that episode perfectly and reading it off the script, I would never have had that thought that then led to some big brain wave that I'm sharing with my audience. Yes. So lean into the imperfection, realize that if you're wasting so much time editing the ums and the likes and all of that, it's going to become a barrier for you to getting your content out there. And the more barriers we have, the less content you're going to put out there, the less you can impact people. So is it worthwhile having an episode that doesn't have ums and likes versus an episode that has ums and likes, but impacts more people? Yeah. And that's massive. And I, like I always look at it as that that power of one, right? Like even now I get so nervous <laughs> delivering even keynotes or presentations, but you just think of that one person. Yep, you might stuff up and yep, you might start off the presentation being like, okay, guys, I'm a little bit nervous, but still you, you choose in that moment how you want to be showing up, right? Yeah. Love that. So, okay, so year one social at versus year three socialette slash Steph Taylor. Talk to me about the difference. Talk to me about the transformation. Talk to me. Now I'm talking a lot as like launch, launch speak to the chats. Talk to me about the biggest difference. 
Okay, so year one, Socialette. Socialette was initially a bite-sized online marketing podcast. I used to talk about everything from Facebook ads to Instagram to Google to, gosh, like everything online marketing. And that was basically what my business did as well. So I was still working under Wild Bloom, which was what I was thinking that I wanted to grow into an agency. I had a small team and it got to the point where I was like, actually, I don't like managing people. I just want to be me. So that's why I launched the podcast under my own personal brand. And I started doing a lot more one-on-one client work. So I started doing like marketing strategies, client consults, and I was offering everything. I was helping people with Instagram. I was teaching people how to do Facebook ads and nobody really knew me for anything. So Steph three years ago was kind of floundering around. She had this podcast that people listened to and people loved her free content, but nobody paid for her products. Mm. And I was like, why are these people not paying for my products? Why am I really struggling to make money? And then somewhere in the last three years, I think it was about a year into the podcast, a year and a half into the podcast, that was when I niched down into launching. And since niching, that has been the easiest thing. Like my business has just been so easy. Ooh, let's back up a little bit. Let's back up a little bit. I know what you listeners are thinking. You're like, how? Tell us how you arrived at that niche. So how did you arrive there? How did I decide on it or how did I? Okay, so how did I decide on it? I sat down with a business coach. I did a strategy session with fabulous Prue, who you know as well. (laughs) You've worked with her as well. And I sat down with her and I was like to her, I was like, Prue, I want to launch a course on Pinterest. I want to launch a course about this. I want to launch a course about this. But everyone knows me as the generalist marketer. Nobody knows what I do. And she was like, well, clearly launching is your thing because nobody else likes launching courses and here you are and you want to launch like five of them. Yeah. <laughs> so that was such a light bulb moment. And it's that's like speaks to the power of having a coach or somebody external who can see what you're thinking and like remove themselves from it and be like, well, here's the obvious answer that you're missing because you're so buried in your own thoughts. Yes. And sometimes actually just exploring from what it sounds like, exploring those zing moments for you mm. And watching the language that you're using, which from what it sounds like was just launching this, launching Pinterest things, launching this and launching that, like it was in a way in front of you, but you kind of were just potentially so close and also emotionally attached to, you know, oh, what if I do this and what if I do that and that doesn't work and Mm. all of that. Mm, But I I was also emotionally attached to my existing products. So I already had, as the generalist marketer, I already had a Facebook ads course, an email marketing course. I didn't want to, the the idea of niching down and having to let those products go was really hard. Yeah. And I think sometimes this is the thing, right? Like to get us to where we are, like what got us here won't get us there. And Mm -hmm. I think letting go of certain elements of our business, it's like we work so hard to build (laughs) that Facebook ads course or we work so hard to build that agency or we work so hard to like get to where we are. Like, am I breaking something that is working? Like, and that's, that's, that's not an easy thing. So what, how did you, what did you say to yourself when you were choosing to Mm. niche Niche, niche, niche. We're, we're in Australia. Yeah, we say depends niche, on not who's niche. listening right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> American friends, please say niche. <laughs> no, okay. So just to back up to what you said before about breaking things, like I love, I break things for fun just so that I can <laughs> fix them again because I like, I get a thrill out of problem, solving this problems. This is actually sad. <laughs> but okay, so what was I saying to myself as I was niching? So I actually sat down. De- so from that session where I decided I was going to niche into launching, it took me a whole nother year before I fully committed to it. I sort of dipped my toe in and then I'd like retreat. I like dipped my toe in a little bit more. And then I was like, no, no, no. Let me just go back to what I already know. And it took a long time for me to become comfortable with the idea that I was going to have to stop doing certain things. I was going to have to say no to certain things in order to say yes to other things. And it was scary. I remember sitting down um, when I was back in New Zealand about two years ago. It was just before I lo- just before I niched and chatting to my dad about it. And he was saying, he was like, are you sure there's going to be enough people who want to learn about launching? Are you sure you're not shooting yourself in the foot? My dad's not a businessman by any means, but 
I was like, is, is he speaking common sense here? Like, is, am I doing a stupid thing? Do people even want to learn how to launch? Is this something people are going to pay money for? Cause it's really hard to unpivot. Once you've pivoted, it's hard to be like, sorry guys, just kidding. I'm going back to what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could do it, but it would be pretty embarrassing. So yeah, there was a lot of fear around it. And I don't regret it now, but at the time I was like, is this something I'm going to regret? I don't know. And I just had to really have a lot of faith that I would, it was something I could execute. Mm, Jumped out of the plane and built the parachute (laughs) on the way down. (laughs) Built it like on the last 10 meters before I hit the ground. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned your dad there. Um, So do your parents know what you do? (laughs) I think they kind of know what I do. (laughs) Mine doesn't. They pretty. That's fair. No, I think they know what I do. Um, they follow me on social media now. They try uh, They try to do their best to understand what I do. I think on a granular level, they don't really know what I do, but they know like, oh, she sells courses and stuff mm. on the internet. <laughs> and do you feel like there's ever been a moment where, and I speak from my experience too, where sometimes I just don't, as much as I really want to share so much of my wins and celebrations and little moments with my mum about my business, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, never mind, I don't want you to worry, or never mind, I don't want you to speak common sense to me, (laughs) I'm going to do that thing anyway. Like, do you find, like, I don't know, like sometimes I feel like I dishimmer what I am doing because of that as well. I do. I, I mean, I, I don't like to talk about the lows of business with people who aren't in business mm. because I feel like they don't get the fact that there are always going to be lows. To them, the lows are either going to not seem as bad as they are or they're going to seem like the end of the world. Whereas if I was, to, if I was like to you and Anita, like, oh my gosh, this went completely wrong in my business. You'd be like, oh, me too. Whereas somebody who's not in that, for them, they're like, oh, that's the end of the world. Go and get a job. Or mm. that's not that bad. They don't quite understand. So I try not to talk about the lows with people who aren't in business. Um, but on the flip side, yeah, I also don't talk about the highs as much with people who aren't in business because again, they don't understand, uh, they, it's very easy to look at the dollar figures. It's very easy to look at the number of customers, the number of students, the number of followers and be like, yeah, she's smashing it. But then they also don't understand the other wins. Like, you know, I, um, I delegated this task to a team member, which to somebody who's not in business, they're like, oh, okay, cool. But somebody who's in business is like, oh, you've been trying to get rid of that task for the last year. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I guess I do, it's a very roundabout answer of your question. I'm sorry. Um, So yes, I guess I do de-shimmer it a bit. Mm, Interesting. Speaking of the, I guess to really expand on that highlight reel, element Mm. of owning a business and we were we started to talk about it a little bit but when it comes to those down days right like I think when people see and you know whether or not it's business influences whether or not it's just Instagram or we see people having a lot of fun on their reels (laughs) (laughs) me included both of us included (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my mum's actually on Instagram now and she double taps on all of the things I'm like (laughs) but I guess Look, we we are in this almost and, – and I, I'm going to put my hand up and say, in a way, I contribute to it too, right? Mm, because it's – Me too. It's – I can't literally on every single post talk about, you know, the pains and all of that. Like there is this certain image, right, mm. that we – all of us as business entrepreneurs and business owners in a way feel like we have to put out there. Oh, hundred percent. Um, so my question is like, what, what, like what happens on those days and how often, if you don't mind me asking for the listeners, how often does Steph Taylor, I have to say your full name because it's just more impact. (laughs) Uh, but how often does Steph Taylor actually experience the lows? Oh, that's a really good question. It varies so much. In the last in the last year, 
it's been there's probably been at least like two bad days in a week, which is so from the outside you'd be like, what? Your business hit a million dollars, you know, all of that. But with that, with the new level of business comes the new fears. And there was a solid month last year. I think it was April last year where I couldn't do anything because I was just frozen. Mm-hmm. I was so scared that I would touch something and break something. I was so scared that this new level of business that I would hit, I was worried it was going to go away. Um, so yeah, I have for the last 12 months had a lot more down days Prior to that, it would be like a month straight of like down days and then three months of really good. And that was kind of corresponding to the ups and downs of my business. Since my business has been more up, it's been a lot of mindset struggle. And that's been something I've been really working on in the last month or so it's been like there's been a good week then there's been a bad week then there's been a good week today was a great day (laughs) (laughs) so it really yeah it's been there's a lot of ups and downs but I don't I don't when I'm having those down days I don't feel like showing up on social media so people don't see that yeah because the last thing I want to do is brush my hair and put a smile on and dance on a reel and people can feel that too yeah you know And I don't want to bring other people down with my negative energy. I know it helps people to hear that everyone else is having bad days as well, but I would rather talk about the bad days in retrospect than while I'm going through it with that negative energy and that heaviness. I'm totally with you. Yeah. And I also think like in those moments too, like it's usually like a, as you mentioned, like a burst of like, I think I experienced one of that today. <laughs> I messaged you. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? But this is the magic of having good yes. business friends, friends that you can message and be like, this just happened. And tell me, tell me there's nothing I'm wrong normal. with me. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Those were literally Anita's words. Tell me there's nothing wrong with me. Or like, yeah. is there something wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, nope, that happens to me too. <laughs> And, okay, so when you say lows then, Mm. I'm all about the real and the raw. Like, what do you mean by lows? Well, I mean, you you were witness to one of them a couple of years ago when I had a really bad launch where my webinar crashed. And I... I remember that very well. Yes. I I was at a co-working space when that happened and I caught the bus home early. I got walked through my front door at 11 a.m., Pour, had the glass of wine that I'd opened the night before, opened it up, poured a massive glass, climbed straight into bed, opened up LinkedIn and started looking for jobs. And I think I texted you, I think the words were, have you ever had such a bad day in business that you've wanted to go back to a job? And you being the absolute legend you are called me. And I was you like, talk- this is not a message thing. This is not a voice note thing. This is SOS, I'm calling you. Yeah. And you walked me through every, you were like, okay, cool. So your webinar just crashed. This is what you're going to do now. Uh, You're going to email the people who registered for this afternoon's webinar and be like, I don't know if this is going to be able to work. Let's reschedule. And you walked me through exactly what I needed to do step by step, because in that state that my brain was in at the time, I couldn't see what I needed to do. All I could think about was like catastrophe. I need to go back to a job. I'm over the ups and downs of business. And you literally were this close to applying. I applied. I applied for a bunch <laughs> of jobs. I got a, I got an interview at um, a certain activewear, a marketing manager for a certain activewear company that I'm not going to mention. And when they called me up for the interview, I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I've already accepted another role. Like my brain just said it. I rehired myself. (laughs) (laughs) My brain just said it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess I've gone. I I guess I actually do want to do this business thing after all. Mm, Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's so hard in those moments, right? Because Mm. whether or not it is launches, whether or not it is a new service or a product that you've put out there and you have this expectation. And that is the thing that I feel like I've learned. Like, great, have goals, but Mm. like letting go. Detach the expectation from the goals. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because a goal, it's so hard because it's, we want to set goals and we want to stick to them. I actually don't really set goals anymore. Is that right? I mm. I set like in my mind I'm like, "Oh, I'd like that." But then I'm like, "You know what? If it doesn't happen, that's fine too." Yeah. That's my like my target, but if that doesn't happen, then that's fine. 
Um, because in the past with goals, I've either hit them really early and then lost my motivation completely. Or you move the goalpost. Or I move the goalpost or I don't hit them and I feel really upset with myself. But like, for example, the million dollar business thing, that was my five-year goal and I hit that in three. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, cool. Now I can just chill and do nothing. So how do you then, if you don't goal set, and I mean, I goal set, but I think what I do is I definitely detach myself Mm -hmm. from the expectations and all of that. And I'm also like, it's actually less about whether or not I achieve a goal, but it's actually more about who I become during Mm -hmm. that journey to reaching that goal that I think is like the real magic. But what I was going to ask is if you don't kind of like goal plan or anything, like how do you then, you know, measure success? Mm. So I don't I so I don't set goals as informally setting goals, but I do have a list of dreams coming true, which I was actually really good with this last year. I was very consistent. Every morning I would write out my dreams that were coming true. Now I I know what they are, but I haven't I haven't been in the habit of writing them out, which I need to get back into because that works. That really works. But it's things like, you know, dreams coming true. Like I bought my dream house overlooking the ocean. Like this is just an example, but I'll get like super detailed. Another dream coming true. I fly only business class. I actually wrote that down and then they canceled all of our flights and I was like, cool. So I don't fly at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works. (laughs) Mm. So kind of like journaling and writing down, like what are these? um, So less about achieving a certain, let's just say revenue goal, but actually what does life look like? I mean, there, there is a revenue one in there. So it'd be like, um, you know, I, I my business made $2 million this year. So that would be like one of the dreams coming true. But then it's, I also detach from it. I'm like, if it makes 2 million, that's great. If it doesn't make 2 million, that's cool too. Yeah. I, what's an extra million in the bank? Like, well, Can't yeah. take that down the grave. <laughs> At the end of the day, I would rather have a lot more fun running yes. my business. I, I could I could be working double what I'm working and making a lot more money and I don't – it's really hard because I know the lifestyle I want to create and I know that I do need to set some sort of like I, – I do need to be earning a good revenue for that. But at the same time, it's not – money's not the be-all and end-all. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle for me is the main thing. And I think we sometimes when we're in that feeling of hamster wheel, Mm. you can't help but actually feel like, oh, I don't have any time or, oh, like it's so overwhelming. Oh, business is so hard. Mm. But hello, this is your business. You get to create and design it, whatever the heck you want. You can work less and earn more. Exactly. And, and, and you don't need to listen to somebody like me being like, Hey, I made a million dollars and be like, Oh shit, I don't want a million dollars. What's wrong with me? That's if you, if you can, if you're comfortable earning whatever you're earning in your business and you think it's bringing you the lifestyle that you want, then by all means, just keep doing what you're doing. And I love that because I think so often when it comes to how we measure success, we always look towards how many staff or how big is the team or like um, how much revenue and all of that. Whereas guys, we all started our business and I'm, you know, a lot of you guys listening at the moment, I'm guessing own businesses or are side gigging. Like we are creating businesses so that we can ultimately live the life that we want. Mm. Don't forget that. Like you don't want to be working at 5 p.m. or even 10 p.m. and your life is just passing you by. So if Mm. you're listening right now and you feel that and you're right in the thick of it, I'd highly recommend you take a pause and just really consider like how do you define, not anyone else, not even Steph or Mm -hmm. me, like how do you define that success? Yeah. And I'm just going to add on to that another little tip because when you're in it and you're working those like, you know, 12, 14 hour days, it's very easy to be like, well, I just need to keep doing this Which for a little while. We've both yeah. done that. And it's, it's very easy to be like, I just need to keep doing this, keep doing this. And then I'll get to the point where I can step back. But actually stepping back first was what led me to be able to build the business that I have now where I don't work as much because I was like, okay, cool. So I'm working. This is, these are my hours that I work. This is how much I work. What 
what really doesn't need to be done? And then you cut the things that don't need to be done. Where can I be lazy with my business? Where can I save time? Where can I streamline? And it forces you to get intentional with how you're spending your time so you can actually start to bring in more money and work less rather than working more with the intention of one day stepping back. Yeah. That's actually a very, that you've just reminded me of a question I want to ask you. Ooh. Such a good segue. <laughs> we read each other's minds. <laughs> Pretty much. Our brains are sinking. Um, but the question I actually had was, you know, if you were to start your business all over again, <laughs> oh. what would you do differently? Oh, I get asked this question a lot on podcast interviews. And my standard answer for this is I actually don't think I would do anything differently. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question then. <laughs> no, no, no. Can I just, can I just, <laughs> can I expand on that, please? <laughs> yes. So when I say I don't think I would do anything differently, I don't think I would be ready for the business I have now if I hadn't gone through all of the stuff I went through to be where I am now, right? If I had walked into my business as it is now or as it was a year ago or two years ago, I wouldn't have been prepared to run it. I wouldn't have been prepared for the mindset stuff. I wouldn't have had the skills. So yeah, I wouldn't change any of it. So, okay, let me reframe the question. Let me reframe the question a little bit. What if then I was to give you, let's just say $5,000 and we are at the beginning stages of your business. How would you spend that $5,000? I would spend I would invest in branding that was one mistake I made with my first business that I learned from the hard way and I could it was like this problem that I just couldn't quite figure out why it wasn't working and now in hindsight I'm like oh and which this is before this well, is my very very first business ooh, let's, let's the talk, sugar the sugar free box yeah okay. pre this predates wow. our friendship wow 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 yeah so that was a health food subscription box and I DIY'd the branding because I was like, hey, I did design in high school. And this is pre-Canva. No, this was in Canva. Oh, was it? Oh, no, 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 no it was Photoshop, sorry. Oh. oh. I, I was like, <laughs> I did design in high school. I can design stuff. Hashtag designer. <laughs> like, I can do design. And it, now looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I should have spent some money on branding. Branding, good copy, and maybe like a strategy session with a coach to really map out, okay, these are your core offerings. This is how you're bringing people into your business. This is the customer journey. Just really like back to basics before I even thought about spending a cent on Facebook ads or anything fancy, I would just go basics, branding, copy, coach. So really looking at the foundations first from what it sounds like instead of just pushing from what it sounds like ads or Mm. pushing out content for the sake of content, getting really clear on potentially the feeling, the vibe, the messaging, the direction of the business first. Exactly. The opposite of what I did in my first business. (laughs) (laughs) Learn from my mistakes. Learn from Steph's Well, I mean, I, I, I spent so much time and energy growing my Instagram following, running Facebook ads. And I was like, why am I not converting? Why are people not buying? Let me just put more money into Facebook ads. Let me just get more followers. Meanwhile, the problem wasn't the amount of people who were seeing it. It was what was happening after they landed on the website. Hey. Yeah. As in the website wasn't optimized for conversion? No, the website wasn't great. The branding wasn't great. The copy wasn't great. My messaging was off. I had no idea whether people even wanted the product. I mean, I could go into all of the things I did wrong, but we'll we'll save that for another day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing, right? I think when it comes to starting a business, whether or not it's a digital product or an actual, um, you know, physical product um, or even a service offering for those that are listening and still in service space, like we jump in and I feel like the first thing people think or say or feel like they should be doing, I feel like even my husband who pretty much your husband-in-law, my um, husband-in-law, yeah, (laughs) his first thing, he just started his own business and he even said, okay, let's get the social media account going. Like how, who's going to be running that? And I'm like, well, hang on a second. Like it's not just about putting content for the sake of content out there like you're just Mm. it's just wasted energy if your website is not even up it's not even optimized for conversion which there was no website to begin with until 
I helped him. Uh, <laughs> hashtag pro bono. Um, <laughs> but, you know, until that is ready and you get the foundations right and actually have even, okay, if someone books in something, like what what next? Like if someone buys a digital mm. product, like what next? Like what is that next next step? Like unless all of that is actually somewhat clear in your mind, like you're just driving or spending money for the sake yeah. of spending money. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're selling people on, like <laughs> – then then you've got a real problem making money if you don't know what you're selling. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I want to go into some deep. Oh, you mean that you, this hasn't questions. been deep so far? Okay. No. No. <laughs> we're just getting started, fam. Just you were just started. waiting for me to finish my glass of wine. I you? totally was. And she spilled red wine on her shirt too, which you guys can't see. Oh, I did too. She did. <laughs> it wouldn't be an interview with Steph if I hadn't spilled wine on my no. shirt. No. <laughs> okay. So fast forward, jump into a bit of a time machine with me. Okay. okay. <laughs> Steph is now 50. Oh, okay she's now 50 and she is looking at you right now and she's talking to you what is she saying to you you should have started getting botox earlier (laughs) (laughs) no No. oh my god i joke i joke i joke Uh, but not really She's not kidding. No, I am joking. I am joking. Um, what is she saying to me? Um, don't get so caught up on the little things. Don't get so caught up on the little things. What little things? The little things that feel like the big things, but actually aren't. So okay, we okay. So okay. So hang on. <laughs> so there's little things and there's little things. There's the little things oh. that feel like the big things, the tiny things, the, the little dramas. <laughs> The little things that go wrong, where when they go wrong, we feel like they're the end of the world. And then there's the little things that should be the big things. So time with friends, time with family, um, you know, like a really nice dinner, little things that should be that should be the things that matter most. But instead, we have the little things that shouldn't be the things that matter most and they become the big things in our mind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. I've never thought of it that way. Neither had I until 30 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag genius. Where did that come from? It came from an unscripted episode. Oh. See what I mean? Oh my gosh. I love that, Steph. I'm really going <laughs> to, I feel like that needs to be snipped up and put somewhere. I really love that. Like little things that matter versus little things that we shouldn't let consume Mm. our minds. Um, Oh, I love that. Okay. My next deep question is looking at where you are now, are you the person that you want to be? Yes and no. Okay. Elaborate Mm. and peel those layers. Oh, so, yes, in many ways, I think I live uh, – in terms of, like, living in line with what I value, I think, yes, I'm the person I want to be. But I'm also I'm, – I know I'm not living up to my full potential. I know there's a lot more I can do and I know I can make a bigger impact. I can have a lot more fun in my business, in my life, in my day-to-day. And that's the person I really want to be. Having more fun. Having more fun, making a bigger impact. And how do you, how does Steph Taylor define fun, having more fun? Mm. What does that look like? Oh, oh, do we mean like- Get with me. Do we mean like practical fun? All of it, like what does that mean? So, okay, so fun in my business is coming up with ideas and having space in my calendar to be like, I'm just going to go laser tunnel focus on this one random idea I came up with for a day. Or I'm going to – this is working fine, but let me break it and see what happens if I can make it better. Yeah. That's, like, fun for me in my business. Um, fun is also doing – showing up live, teaching live masterclasses, teaching my students live. I really enjoy doing that. I miss speaking at events a lot. Um, so just that kind of stuff, like showing up live and, yeah, just getting to – at play with my business and see what happens getting curious being like what happens if I try this Mm, and so do you feel like you don't get to have that at the moment 
I do. I just don't have enough structure around when I get to do that. So in if I think about the ideal business, I would like to have a day or two a week where I can do that. So what's stopping Steph from blocking that in her calendar? Nothing. And like, <laughs> am I coaching Steph, Steph Taylor right yes, now? Yes, Steph is stopping Steph from doing am that. Am I calling yes. her out right now? <laughs> but like, what yeah. is stopping us from actually adding that in first into mm. our calendar and wrapping everything else around it? No, I know. And I agree. I totally agree. It's um, for me, I know what it is. It's the, it's not a priority compared to the other tasks. So it gets bumped first, but yeah, it should be a priority. You're absolutely yeah. right. It should be a priority. Especially when you told me that that is what's important mm. for you in your life, right? So yeah. hold hey, me to that, please. Keep me she, accountable. She is, <laughs> that is now on birthday. the podcast. That is now on the podcast. So we're Social going to fourth birthday. keep her accountable. <laughs> yes. Back and yes, accountable. yes, yes. Okay. So what has been the most surprising thing? about your life like so far like what has been something that has really surprised you in either a good or bad way potentially we can touch on both like in a good way and a bad way mm, okay let's start with it in a bad way in a bad way how difficult success can feel oh that's deep when you look at it from the outside you're like oh, she has a million-dollar business. That looks amazing. From the inside, it's like, oh, this is really hard. Like, What do you mean this is really hard? As in, like, let us have a bit of a cosy time in your brain. Like, what What do you mean? Uh, the fear, the fear, the worry, the new of- challenges, the fear of it going away, the fear mm. of doing something wrong. The fear of like, where do I go from here? How do I not lose this? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? All of those fears. Yeah. So it goes from being like where I was at before. The fears were, what if people judge me? Who am I to be doing this? And now it's like, oh, okay. What if I like, so people obviously like uh, people are listening to me and they're not judging me. What if I say the wrong thing and I disappoint people or people get angry at me. I offend people. What if I, um, what if I give bad advice? Like that's another thing. It's so like, it's really easy to consume somebody's free content and be like, Oh, this is great. They're giving out good free content. But for the person giving free content, it's really, it's like, I've, you've got to be mindful of not giving people the wrong advice. So, yeah, those kinds of fears made it really challenging. Um, Couple that with all the mindset stuff. Money mindset was really fun to work through. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing, right? I feel like there's courses, coaches, strategies, whatever, that teaches you how to get to, I don't know, six figures, seven figures, like all that, Mm. right? Like, said, how do you get from here to there, right? But then, like, let's have a bit of a chat about how we actually stay, like, now that we're there, like, how do we actually maintain yeah. and actually look at how we can, it's less than potentially about bigger, 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 but actually how can we do that one thing better? Exactly. And that's what, that was why this year I was like, I, I didn't set myself a revenue goal for this year. Mm. Last year I hit, in the calendar year, I hit 1.5 million. And then I was like, you know That's what? That's incredible. Can we just pause for <laughs> and just do some snaps? But then I was like, okay, you know what? 2021 no revenue goal. 2021 is about me settling into that new level of growth mm. and whatever that looks like. Mm. Um, but to, so to go back to your original question, the good surprise was how easy success was. So the bad surprise was how hard it was. The good surprise was how easy it was. So I thought that it was going to be a much harder journey to get to the point where my business was quote unquote successful. I, I still have trouble believing that, but it happened once Once I niched down, once I got through the, the basic foundational things in my business that weren't working, once I niched down and started being consistent, being strategic, being intentional with what I was doing, it actually happened really easily. So on the, like the, the, the business side of it was easy. What was happening between the ears, that was the hard part. 
Because I was just going to ask you, like, what do you feel like, like when you said it was, it felt easy to arrive there? Like, what do you feel like is that one thing that really moved the needle? I think one thing, (laughs) I think getting, niching down and getting clear on my messaging and who I was for. That was the one. Boom. The one thing. Then re getting my branding and website redone, that made a huge difference because that was a big investment for me at the time. I didn't have much money in my bank account at all. And it was like, literally like that was my last bit of money. I was like, okay, this is like me putting money into this, hoping it's going to make a difference because I invested that money into it. I started showing up as that person. I was just going to say, like, I think it's also that one, that thing where when we Mm. actually start investing in ourselves, in our business and, oh, it feels so like I'm making a vomiting. (laughs) (laughs) That probably didn't come out right. (laughs) But when it it feels that uncomfortable and where, and and it's easy, right? Because as humans, we like to stay in the comfort. Like Mm. literally this is science where, where as soon as we leave the corporate job, as soon as we do something uncomfortable, as soon as we think we're breaking the business by starting something new or niching, niching, whatever you want to say, like we think we're breaking something, but as soon as it's actually uncomfortable, like like when does growth like not happen in moments of discomfort? Like yeah. whether or not it's a breakup, by the way, like breakup yeah. with, you know, whether or not it's a woman or a man, like breakup in those cruelest moments where you're just like why did this happen to me why would you do that you're literally growth I think about my biggest moments of growth you're right breakups um that launch where I called you from my bed with a glass of wine that I didn't realize that at the time but that triggered one of my biggest moments of growth um my first business when I closed that down big moment of growth so you're absolutely right I think the growth happens in the discomfort and I forget who said the quote, but I really love this quote. Fear illuminates the pathway to our growth. Ooh, I like that. And by leaning into those those fears and the, those discomforts, that's the sign. That's that's what you need to do next to grow because it's I very like easy to keep doing what feels comfortable. But like you said, what got you here is not going to get you there. Yeah. And looking at fear differently too like Mm. looking at fear exactly like what you've mentioned like instead of being like oh fear no this is not what I'm supposed to do abort mission no 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 but fear is actually a very like it's it's a emotion we all feel it's actually one of the key emotions that each and every single one of us as humans we feel um and I always think of this analogy which is like, just remember, next time you feel that fear, like you feel like this is so uncomfortable, this is not right, this is so not wrong, you're about to quit that corporate job, you're like, oh, no, thank you. Like, whatever it is, however fear shows up, like actually really imagining fear as like, you're, you're taking a road trip, you're taking a road trip, like, keep with me here. <laughs> Visualize this Where is me. this going? <laughs> Visualize. We're going on a road trip, okay, so you're taking the wheel, you're driving, Fear is this little gremlin that is sitting next to you in the passenger seat or maybe in the back seat in the baby seat, whatever. <laughs> and fear is going to show up and going to be saying things like, you shouldn't do that. This is not what you should do. Da, 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 all this thing, all this negative chatter. And maybe try to change the music on the car ride. Maybe they want to listen to some, I don't know, heavy metal. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> but they try to change the direction and go, go here, go there. Don't do this. But you as the driver, you're like, okay, fear, I see you. That's nice that you want to go there. But no, today we are going to go here. Like, so Mm. realizing that fear is always going to be there, but you are in the driver's seat. I like that analogy. (laughs) I like to think of fear as a good thing because it's what keeps us alive. Um, If we had no fear, we'd be jumping out of airplanes with no parachutes. And People actually do do that, you know. Yeah, I I know. And they, (laughs) like, they, I don't know what's wrong with them, but whatever, you know, power to you. Do you. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so fear is what keeps us alive. It's back in the day, you know, like we, when we had saber tooth tigers and whatnot, rejection was, would literally mean death because we wouldn't have our tribe to protect us. And when it comes to something in, like showing up in business where you're like, I don't want to be on social media because I'm worried about people, what people will think. I don't want to put a silly dancing reel because I'm worried about what people will think. That's because your brain's equating that to rejection, which in your primal part of your brain, it's like, oh, rejection, saber-tooth tigers, I die. 
So it's like it's trying to keep you safe. Yeah. <laughs> it just hasn't caught up with our modern world. So it's it's not a bad thing. Like feeling fear is a good thing. It means your brain's working. Yes, and that's 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 good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so much goodness, so much goodness. Okay, I'm. We're, we're nearly, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Oh, uh, this has gone so quickly. I know. Uh, I do have a few final questions. One of them being one of my favorite words are flirting. Flirting. Oh. That is uh, failure and learning. Flirtings. <laughs> I should trademark that. No one steal it. Thank you. <laughs> trademark ping ding. <laughs> but what? She's a lawyer. Don't steal it. <laughs> what is what, what? What is your biggest learning? And this doesn't have to be. This is like just in general. What do you feel like has been your biggest learning in life or business? Or you could go life and business. You know, you can choose. Oh, just one. <laughs> Well, you can go for a few. I don't mind. I mean, I've got about a hundred off the top of my head. I don't know how I'm supposed Fire to know. at us. I mean, my, my entire first, second and third businesses were flirnings, um, but we won't go there. Let's say, okay, my biggest flirning is probably allowing myself to self-sabotage so much of my stuff my life, my business, my health, everything, relationships, everything. And it took the, like, it took the actual results of the self-sabotaging to happen for me to be like, oh, that was a flirting. As in it, you kind of self-sabotage yourself to the extent where you're just like, wow, like it can't get worse. Okay. So when I say I break things for fun, (laughs) (laughs) I also break things not for fun. So, yeah, so I w- it would look like massive procrastination in my business. Um, in my health, it would look like, you know, just when, I, just when I'm starting to get really fit, that's when I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to go to the gym anymore. I'm going to skip sessions. I'm going to eat junk food instead of eating food that makes me feel good. All of those things, it took it, – it's been it, – it's not like there was one moment of like a half learning – it's been years and years of that. And now with the work that I've been doing with my coach and with all the books that I've been reading and everything where I'm like, oh, that's a big flirting right there. As in the fact that you've kind of, just to unpack that a bit more mm-hmm. for our listeners, like, so kind of you, sure, like it's not like a one-off learning, but it's kind of been an observation of over a series of like repeatable patterns. Is that mm-hmm. what you mean? Yes, definitely. It's, so really looking at the things that, so procrastination, yeah. um, how that has just showed up like consistently, not just potentially in business, but in other areas like health. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Procrastination is one of them. Another one is stopping myself from doing things in business because I'm afraid of getting a no. Mm. I'm afraid for asking for things like, hey, would you, you know, would, would you interview me on your podcast? I don't ask people that because I'm afraid I'm going to get that. No, that's self-sabotage as well. Wow. That's, that's like a, I really want to go there, but like, (laughs) that's a big, that's a big topic. It's a big topic. (laughs) The topic of fear of rejection. Oh, look, look, there was, I talked about this on my podcast last year where my coach set me the goal every day for seven days. I had to ask for something that I thought people were going to say no to. And she was like, it can be as simple as asking in, at a cafe, asking for a cookie for free. I was like, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> so tell us, like, did you get the free cookie? I didn't do the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I don't know. There's just like something. Cookie that, though. But it feels like, and you're like very similar to me where you abide by the rules. <laughs> I feel like that just feels so wrong to be like, give me a free cookie. No, but I was, um, I did things like I asked somebody if I could take my dog into a shop with me. Mm. I asked the shop assistant because you're not allowed How to take- How did you say no? Aren't you so cute? I know, but you're not allowed to take dogs into shops here. Uh. So I was expecting a no. And it was really funny because about like four out of the, or five out of the seven things that I asked for, they said yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe they were like therapy dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so as a follow on from that, and this is my second last question for you, Steph, um, Okay, so that was a flirting, like looking at the mm. patterns and seeing these patterns. Like what has been like that action 
element for you? Like now that you're seeing this, what have <laughs> like what what do you feel like the learning part? Tell me about the learning part. The learning part <laughs> is the learning part is still very much underway. It's catching myself when I'm starting to get into those patterns and being like, oh, Steph, okay, you're procrastinating sending this email pitching somebody to be on their podcast. Why are you procrastinating it? And then doing the opposite of what I would normally do. Mm. Leaning into, so being like, okay, the most comfortable thing would be to just not send this email and just be like, I'll send it tomorrow. But the uncomfortable thing is like, okay, I'm going to send that now and doing that. Yeah. When I feel like, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym. I'm going to cancel out of this class. Being like, no, I'm, I have full energy. I'm not tired. I'm not sick. I have I'm no reason. Register for that class. There is no reason for me to not go to that class and doing, yeah. So doing the opposite of what's easy. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like almost going before you let your brain tell you to, but no, don't do that. Yeah, like just do it like action. <laughs> knowing, yeah, knowing that my brain isn't, doesn't always have my best interests at heart. Yeah, right. Love you, brain. But you're very nice, but you, you serve me well, ninety percent of the time. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time. Alrighty, alrighty. So we are on to the final question. Oh. Are you nervous? A little bit. <laughs> I really like this question because I think it really distills down like that one message and. As a copywriter and wordsmith, like this is something that I'm so passionate about. What is that one message, right, you want to leave in the world? And it's easy for me to ask someone that, but then they're like, oh, my gosh, just one message? What do you mean? So this is my question. I'm getting her nervous. This gets me excited. (laughs) So, okay, so if you were to deliver a TED Talk tomorrow, what would it be about? Tomorrow. Mm, A few come to mind. What's the one like pulling, pulling you? I think embracing the magic of failure. I think that's been a big one. That or no, let's go with that one. Let's go with that one. Embracing the magic of failure. If anyone is listening who organizes TED Talk (laughs) events, here we have it. So tell us a little bit, like tell us a little bit about that. Give us a bit of context. Yeah. So I think think we look at failure as such a bad thing in our society when, like as you asked me before with the flirtings question, failure is actually a good thing. You learn so much more from your failures than you do from the things that just happened easily. So I think we really need to reframe failures. We need to start celebrating people's failures rather than being like, oh, you failed, poor you. Yes. So I think that's probably a big one. Um, I mean, the other one I was going to say was the whole um, permission slip, which you've heard about. Like we always feel like this need to ask people for permission before we take action on anything, whether that's in business, on li- in life, whatever. We feel like we're waiting for somebody to be like, yes, it's okay to say no. Yes, it's okay to ask for that difficult thing. Yes, it's okay to quit your job when deep down the only person that needs to give you permission is yourself. So that's the other mm. TED Talk. Ooh, I like to think so- I've got more than one in me. <laughs> I do. I do. Like, I really love what you mentioned there about failure. Um, And I feel like when I'm to have kids one day, I'm going to be like, what did you fail in today? I love that. Dinner time conversation. Because when you do, like, that is when you know that you've actually done something that is a bit outside of your Mm. comfort zone. You've actually experimented, done something and, and that is where, like, a lot of – like, who would have thought, for example, Uber, like, getting into a stranger's car would be a thing. Like, yeah. But they went – they zigged when others zagged and they went outside the comfort zone and probably they failed a few times, but guess what? Like, exactly. it's through those moments when you colour outside the squares that that is when Ooh. you – yeah, colour outside the squares. Oh. I, I just came up with that. Uh, <laughs> colour outside the squares, lines. Maybe circles. Up the lines. Maybe octagons. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. What were you going to say before? before no, I, I was going to say for anyone with kids, add that to your like dinner time chat. Yes. What did you succeed at? What did you fail at? I love that. Celebrate the wins. Celebrate the fails. Oh, mm. yes. Or even with your friends. Catch up with your biz friends. 
and ask them, what are you failing at? What did you fail at? And normalising that. Yeah. Normalising that. Oh, Steph, that has been an incredible chat. This has been so much fun. I feel like I could have talked to you for another couple of hours. That feels like it was five minutes. (laughs) I feel like this is like a million of your (laughs) episodes in one. (laughs) Yeah. But that was truly incredible. Thank you so much for the honour to be able to interview you. And thank you for interviewing me. This has been been fun being interviewed by you and – I was so terrified about your questions, but they were actually really lovely. So, oh, okay. So maybe I should go harder next time. Next time, the, f- the, f- <laughs> uh, the four-year anniversary, four-year the birthday. Four-year anniversary. <laughs> I will do that. I'll make a note. <laughs> All right, fam. Thank you oh, so much for listening. Where can you, they find you? Oh, oh yes. If they don't know you. <laughs> You guys can totally find me. I also have a podcast. It is Brand Fetty. And you can definitely find me over on the gram, which is at Word Fetty, W-O-R-D-F-E-T-T-I, as you can tell, I really like the Fetty. I feel like if I'm to do a TED Talk, it'd be like, find your inner Fetty. What is that? That is one of them. One of them. Um, But also my other account, which is at Anita Seek, A-N-I-T-A-S-I-E-K. Thank you so much, Anita. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you're enjoying the show, you've learned anything. I really love it when you guys tell your friends about me. I also love it when you leave a quick rating and a review. I read them all. It means a lot to me. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time.